This call is now being recorded. Hi, Kusha. Hi, Lori. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. So it's already recording. I just wanted to let you know in advance so that you're not surprised. Um, I'm on the line with Kusha Azim, a 16-year-old wonder brain. Tell us a little bit about yourself, Kusha. Sure. So I would consider myself a entrepreneur, digital marketer, and a big advocate in the blockchain cryptocurrency space. Um, so that's kind of what I've been doing. If you would like me to dive into more detail, please let me know. I definitely want to. I want to know about what your, you know, first of all, because you, you've had some pretty amazingly accurate predictions. I know that you, ha, you know, I want to recap on your history. So how did you get so smart when it comes to seeing how the markets fluctuate and stuff? So um, I would, you know, see how things were going. I would check the price of Bitcoin and its relevance in the whole crypto market, see how other altcoins, you know, lesser known currencies would react to the whole market and then I would draw connections and then I would get curious. So I'd go on websites like CoinMarketCap and look more into each project, look at their white papers sometimes, go on their websites, try to really understand the people and the things driving every project to then come to a conclusion, oh, that's why maybe this project went up at this point in time. Then obviously differentiate like, okay, this has to be like a pump and dump or this is a legitimate project. And I, I just do my own due diligence, and I have people around me, a tight network, which kind of also influences my decision-making on that part. Hmm. Very, very interesting. So I remember you telling me that there was a specific, like a um, sort of like fantasy football, but for, for stock trades, right? You did really well on that? Right. So um, actually, I didn't do well on that. It was some of my friends who did, but it was oh, their right. success. Right. That pissed me off, and I was like <laughs> questioning, you know, why why they had won, why they had invested money in something that had increased more than you know my Tesla stocks, for example. And it <laughs> turns out that Bitcoin was actually like that asset class that they had decided to invest in. And we're talking late 2017, so it's still like in the mainstream, and especially to 15 year olds at the time or 14 year olds, it's yeah. like the mystical random thing that's just on an app, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it seems like um invisible invisible money out of thin air to some people, but we all know that's not exactly how it works. I just think it's interesting and a lot of people who are in a much uh, um older age group than you haven't been as as um as a, as able to figure it all out. So, um tell us a little bit more about your projects. Like what do you recommend? What are you working on? Sure. So uh, right now I'm working with a end-to-end -end blockchain firm called BlockBlocks, where right now we're facilitating several projects through IEOs. So we're helping our clients around the world get onto top-notch exchanges, you know, so their volume goes up, and we're trying to help them succeed, and also in software development. So I've recently joined this team to help, you know, push that forward, but on my personal projects, um, I've been working on Rupture Brands, which is kind of like an umbrella company in which we are building like a digital KYC um, um, platform where people can upload all their private information and then they can universally log in through our portal through different exchanges that partner with us. So I'm not actually directly involved with developing that, but it's under the brand umbrella that I have kind of initiated, and now wow. uh, we're, we're working with BlockBlocks, that same firm, and we're pushing it all forward together as a team. 
Well, that's new. I hadn't heard about that one. That's really cool. So KYC is know your customers. So that's that that that's regarding the um, the guidelines that we have to follow. You know that that um, in order to not get in trouble with the SEC and those right. other entities. Can you tell me more about that process? Because that's got to be. I mean, are you involved in the actual keeping of that data? So I'm not directly involved with that part, but what I can say is that this platform is very interesting in that it's complying with around 55, you know, international uh, laws for what we keep and what is allowed on these exchanges. So we are mm-hmm. aware of all the, you know, rules, regulations in different areas, especially the U.S. because, you know, it's very tight here and there's places that it's even, you know, tighter. But we've yeah. taken that all into account and created a platform where uh, we put all this really rich data together and then people can log in through our platform to multiple places uh because they've already uploaded it all in one place. So we're trying well, to make this cool. process faster. Right. And save exchanges money because, you know, exchanges now all have to comply with their own KYC laws, right? So right. we're trying to be that um that portal that can kind of universally take it over and see what we can do from there. But that's an, it's an early stage thing, not really that early stage. Um, but we're making progress, we're making partnerships and we're trying our best to get it out in the market within the next few months. Wow, that's interesting. So that's going to be, um, a fun, a fun marketing adventure. How do you get, how do you find yourself getting in contact with the bosses where you want to put your, you know, what do you call it? An app and implementation? What do you call it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say it's like a plug-in in a way. Um, obviously, I'm not the most technical person, so I don't can't explain any code. But pretty much, <laughs> um, think of like logging in with Google or logging in with Facebook or signing up with these common platforms. Like let's say you, you're signing up on a new social media platform or a new website, and it gives you the easy option to just log in with Google. And like you're comfortable with that. Uh, right. Your, your stuff is on there, so you just click the button and it goes through. So we're actually creating an OWASP system, which is a type of authentication that's just like that. So you, it'll be like login with Rupture. So people who already have a Rupture oh. just go there, click, and all their stuff is like seamlessly, you know, fluid into that exchange. And suddenly uh, what this does is let's imagine we partner with like several exchanges um through our portal, you know, each exchange can get more traction because Rupture users universally just are a click of a button away from accessing a new exchange pool. Without right? putting their yeah. information out there again. That's beautiful. Exactly. It's all in one place. So that's, that's good. something interesting that we've been working on. I'm more on the marketing angle. Um, when the time comes, I'm going to be really pushing it out, working on SEO, you know, social media marketing, those stuff that – I really enjoy on a personal branding level, but now I can nice. finally like lay it down on a brand, like on a macro scale. I understand, kind of. I do. Can you tell me? I know, I know the answer, but just for anyone that listens, how how do you spell rupture and why the name is? Right. So uh, as I was searching through potential brand names, um, I thought of the word rupture, like blowing up, growing, growth, that whole stuff that can go behind a word. And with rupture, that was the case. But then I realized that when people say the word rupture, although as a T in the middle, a lot of people say like rupture. So it slurs on the tongue nicer and it's like as if yeah. it was an F, right? So then right. I realized that how about rupture, inventing this new word that's just a letter off of a commonly used word 
but using that as a brand. So then I looked at domains that were available, saw like social media, like how it was like, how that word was just taken. And I realized it was like an empty vacuum that could be potential opportunity. So I decided to capitalize on that and try to lock it down quick. And now we're trying to make the most out of the ruptured brands. So That's awesome. Yeah. Awesome. So you started this in your 16th year of life or did you start it younger? So um, based on like when Rupture Brands, that whole name getting thing started, that was like uh, my late 15, like I hadn't turned 16 yet, but that's when like in October of 2018, maybe I started looking at names and it was around that period that I decided that, oh, Rupture, that's cool. Let me buy Rupture.com, uh, Rupture.net.org, start locking it down. And um, little did I know later on that I would give, you know, I would start working with more people and find out that there's people interested in using that name for their own products. So that we, now we're creating this whole network under Rupture Brands, which I'm kind of managing, to cool. create a nice big ecosystem out of that. Very, very smart. You're such an entrepreneur. You're so young for, for thinking all of these things. But that's good because that means by the time you're in your 20s, you're going to be set for life. It's highly likely. Thank you. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I like, I'm a pretty restless person. So I feel like <laughs> that even if I accomplish something, it's like there's always going to be something else. Right. That's good. Yeah. That's, the, that's the ambition in you. So, um, I'm, you know, you've been building up to this point. You've done a lot of neat things. I remember you had something to do with NASA, something that you won. And I can't remember. Can you tell me about that again? Because it was a really cool award that you received very young. Sure, yeah. So um, it was the NASA Space Apps Hackathon, which was an international thing. And for the Northern California District, it was kind of competitive. There was, I don't remember exactly how many teams, but we were all in San Francisco at the um, at this co-working space where the hackathon was held, and we were tasked with building a solution for space. And there was all these different categories. But what my team ended up doing and what we proposed, and we did partially, was creating a VR app that ran on the blockchain, which incentivized users uh, with coins for uh, exploring Mars. But we didn't really get to this developing the smart contracts and, like, actually rolling out the coins. But the, the proof of concept was pretty thorough, and we did build the VR part in that on your phone, you can literally, like, walk around Mars on some open-source uh, information we put into the app. So it was wow. pretty cool. It wasn't like crazy sophisticated, but comparatively and for the situation and how we sold it, we were able to win that district thing. And um, we went and then competed on the international level. Unfortunately, we didn't do as well there, but um, we still won the district thing, which was pretty good because, you know, like Silicon Valley, uh, if you think of, you know, what people are making around the world, around right. here, maybe a little more competitive, but it felt good. It was it might have been my first hackathon experience, but I, you know, I created a cool team. It was tough at first, but we ended up doing well. So that's well, really, fun. really neat. I think it shows that your your thinking ability is is, is ahead of your time because people go their whole lives without having a big idea. Nothing, you know. A lot of people just don't have it. But I do think that there's something about you that you you think big, and I really like that. You're you're not a typical 16 year old in any way. In fact, it's 
I wanted to know what is it that you you know do on your you're you're 16 years old and you know you're you're wanting to do these big business ideas. How do you turn that into social networking? How do you tie it all in together? Because 16 year olds want to party, and I, I just wonder what you do. Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. And about the party thing, like I still manage to do some of those stuff, like going out with friends, eating dinner, watching movies, going to parties, actually like playing video games, but what, how do I, like, package it all together is, uh, for one thing, I'm really motivated with the business stuff, so it's despite, like, coming from, like, it's especially, like, an environment where there are, there's a lot of competition, but there's a lot of leisure and, like, you know, a lot of fortunate kids laid back enjoying, you know, the teenage years, I'm kind of exposed to those two worlds, and I put it all together in a way that people know me, and I make sure that kids know me as a business kid who also has, like, a funny side, like, Right. Like in hangout and stuff like that. So that kind of opens the opportunity for getting to know more people, still having that high school like experience while doing the business stuff. And people, you know, a lot of kids come to respect what I do and I respect what they do, but they also obviously enjoy me in the classroom when I am acting more like my age, if you will. So what do you think? I mean, if you could give others advice, someone your age, you know, about say, drugs and alcohol, if you could say what they should or should not do, what would you say? What's your take on that? Do you believe that these things are bad? Well, I think uh, there are a lot of things that are bad. Of course, drugs and alcohol, everything in a certain use is bad. For sure, I would say alcohol is a big issue. And, like, Mm -hmm. when I I studied it, I usually study a lot of these drugs that kids are doing to kind of, like, see what – how bad are they? Like, what's worse? And I think that alcohol is really bad, and it's contagious in a crowd, especially I've seen it with teens. Uh, it yeah. can turn, like, great people into, like, different people. Monsters. Right. Totally. Exactly. I totally see it. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it's out of their influence. And then the biggest thing, and the one of the worst things someone can experience ever is regret. So mm-hmm. a lot of that regret happens under that influence. So I, I have, I'm totally against alcohol for any ages. I mean, not really any ages. I think, obviously, adults. It's part of that culture. It's enjoyable. And mm-hmm. obviously, in small, like, smaller doses, it's great. But for teens, I don't advise it. But then drugs are obviously, like, when you think of just plain drugs, I think it's really bad and it's unproductive. But I still think that under certain circumstances and, like, small, re- like, really small doses here and there, it's it's okay to experiment. Because I feel like if you're, like, in a bubble where, like, you're too protected, and I'm not, drugs aren't always the best way of kind of exploring, but I feel like, mm-hmm. like the, the drugs that aren't like completely devastating to you, like, uh, marijuana or stuff like that. Right, right, not right. Doing too much, but you know, just at least knowing what it is. So like either you get that experience over with or like you realize, okay, it's not as bad as it, it's represented. I'm not necessarily going to do it a lot. But that's so. That was how weed was like, you know. Of just course, of course, and we're and just for the disclaimer, we're talking about where it's legal only. <laughs> just, just right, right. If anybody exactly. gets in an uproar, we're talking about legal products. Nothing, nothing that we condone is illegal. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so. Yeah, but it's also interesting from the business standpoint how the markets of like CBD and THC, these materials that are yeah, weed products have really been booming, and how like a company like Jewel which has been through a lot of controversy because, you know, I've seen in my own high school, like, kids using these jewel pods, nicotine products. Yeah. It's really addictive. 
but now Jewel's going public as a, you know, publicly traded company soon. So you see wow. that site progressing, and then you see the contrasting, like, the weird stuff going on with high schoolers. So it's an Right, well, that's moment. it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you go ahead. Go ahead. No, that that's about it. I feel like everything in certain doses can be all right. Obviously, some things it's better not to touch. But when it's legal, right, and right, under right. under the right influences, and then we're not even talking about environment. There's a lot of factors that go into it, but the default answer would be, you know, trying to avoid it, but not be too right. ignorant. Like what well, it that's is. the thing is, you you yeah. don't seem like this kind of person. You don't seem ignorant to me. You seem like you're not um, like you're not sheltered too much. So you're not just doing well because you're in, in, hiding in an innocent bubble, but you're doing well because you've seen some things and you seem to have some wisdom and I do appreciate that about you. I think it's pretty neat. Um Thank you. I just I really I I'm I'm excited about to see what Rupture does. I really am and I wanna know more about the well I wanna I wanna participate in some way. How can I how can I help? Sure. So as we roll out, uh a lot of, you know, press uh, representation is vital for a project's growth. I mean you can like I've seen it before, someone can create an amazing product but if no one hears about it, if they're not allowed it won't right. go anywhere. But then you can right. have a really bad product that gets good traction, and somehow people end up realizing, like, how the heck did that get so popular? But right, like, like fidget got- spinners. <laughs> like yeah. fidget spinners, that's a good example. Like, what the hell? Yeah, what is everyone doing with these goofy little pieces of car parts? Everyone thinks they're some amazing toy. But, you know, anyway, Rupture, I want to make sure that we um, learn more about it and how to spread the word and use use whatever services you're connected to. I think you're really a really um, interesting person to watch. So as far as I'm concerned, you. you're an influencer, and I know you're young, and to have that status is strange because you're young, You, but you know more, I think, about what's going to happen than probably John McAfee. No offense, Mr. McAfee. <laughs> I don't know but about that. I do. I'm just, well, you know, I'm I'm referencing the one big famous, you know, the famous prediction. He even did it. I actually said it once on one of my interviews with him, where he said, "If by 2020 it's not worth a million bucks yet, Bitcoin, sure. uh, then he'll yeah, slice yeah, off his, you know, thing about yeah, it." Yeah. So I I just wonder how he's going to pull it. Out, how he's going to do it because he has to make it work, or he's going to be, you know, he's going to be laughing stock. So I just oh, wonder if he's going to manipulate the market right right when it's time. <laughs> right. We'll Maybe see. one million what do you still think? a little too far. Yeah, that's what I thought too. You, I want your prediction. What do you think by 2020 that Bitcoin will be worth? Okay, so I'm not big on predicting. I will give a number just because I it's fun and so yeah. fun game. But I've been exposed to this market, which is crazy unpredictable. When people say it's going to go up, it doesn't go up. When but sometimes it does, and I want people say it's going to go down, it goes up or the opposite. It's like. No one really knows because there's so many underground players that have huge wads of it that yes. they're finding the best interest. So the market isn't – it does run on momentum, but if you notice, at, there's always a peak in which it suddenly collapses because those guys get satisfied with how much they make. So they sell and then they sell, and then you, there's that big majority that loses money out of each of those drops. Yeah, so like, yeah. With that in mind, though, um, so what's interesting is – as Bitcoin was low and then it went back up to like 13k, then went low and now it's coming back up again. At that 13k peak, like like a month ago ish, um, the volume was actually higher than the big 2017-18 boom. That was the Jeez, cap. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, so the volume, the amount of money that was actually 
going on and around on the exchanges. I don't know if that's because a lot of these exchanges create fake numbers uh, to make them seem more uh, attractive to incoming like users. I so I don't know how much I know how much truth there is to that number. But let's say that that is the case. That means that there's still a lot of room for growth in the market. And if you think of Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies as an alternate asset class for investment, like real estate, like gold, like basically anything that isn't like a stock or fiat currency, right. if you think of that market and you think of like a, a traditional market crash and you think of where that money is going to go to, now that cryptocurrency has built some steam and a reputation for itself, whether it's good or bad, people know of it the next time a market crash or some kind of depression comes around. So potentially, I think, you know, Bitcoin, especially as the main, like, front runner of cryptocurrencies, can reach huge traction. I don't think anything particularly special will happen between now and 2020 to be like, this is a bull 2020 prediction. But I'm curious to honestly see how the election and maybe that political side can affect it. Like you saw how Trump tweeted against Bitcoin and that Bitcoin immediately crashed a little bit. Like if that continues or if it goes the other way, like because I know Bitcoin might be an idea or a subject that could be spoken about a little bit in the debate going forward or just it's a thing to consider. So that brings up Twitter. That brings up a lot of different places. So if I were to give like a 2020 prediction – do you mean by like January first, twenty twenty? Yeah, like, like let's just say January first. Let's do January and then let's do June and then end of year. Three three times. Okay. Just just for fun. Okay. We'll see what yeah, yeah, like, yeah. we'll be we'll talk again in those three days and we'll see what happens. <laughs> okay, okay. I, I certainly don't expect myself to be right here. But I would say by twenty twenty we'll be looking at a Bitcoin that I'll give two predictions for ETH either. I'll say either $6,700, just a random number, wow. or 22800 okay? Huh. Okay. That's a big range. But so the <laughs> thing is, consider it, consider it. It's going to go either above what it is now or below. Now, with that in mind, <laughs> that's what my below would be, and that's what my above would be. Because, you know, you can't predict it perfectly anyways. Right. So Okay, so that's then, January 1st, and let's mm-hmm. see what happens around June. <laughs> okay. So I would say June... If it's low when it's in January, it will go up to, I would say, let's say around 19,000. So if it went from like 6,700 at at January, then it would go to around 19,000 by June. And then if it was at 22.8,000 at January, it would go up to 31,000 in June. Okay. Holy moly. That's what I hope is real. (laughs) Right. Or I could be completely wrong. You know, I'm just, I'm just. Yeah. We're just guessing. On my head, right? And then <laughs> by the next time it comes around January 1st, 2021, I think that it could be at like 48,000 or it could be back at like 11,000. I don't know. It's really random stuff. But I think the general trajectory, like when you look on a long scale, right? Like Bitcoin's been around for 11, 10 years, right? But if right. you put that on a 100-year scale, I think if you were to draw a line from year zero to 100, it's still going to be upward. So yeah, with that definitely. in mind, as a long-term thing, thinking of how, you know, bad markets, right? Like if there's news that the Chinese currency isn't doing too well or American currency or these big guys as the trade wars go down and people mm-hmm. want to put their money in something different, 
you know, people are advocating cryptocurrency, Bitcoin, and blockchain technologies in general could be a good store of value. So think of instead of gold, instead of real estate, if Bitcoin comes in that picture, the gold market right now, the market caps around $7 trillion, okay? That's what mm-hmm. we know of, okay? Bitcoin itself, I think the whole market's around $300 billion, okay? So if you scale up $7 trillion, which of course is the physical thing, so people, for some reason, it plays in their brains that, like, because it's physical and tangible, it has more value. You, you know, we're starting to see a change in that, but being that classical perception, you would always think, of course, gold's going to be more valuable. But if you were right. to still be relatively, like, considerate of the situation that we're talking $7 trillion gold and $300 billion crypto, crypto has a long way. Like, there's a lot of open space it can take, okay? Right. Because you have to think of the people who currently hold gold that, you know, have a lot of it. If right. Bitcoin was in that conversation around that same scale, you know, you could see Bitcoin and leading the way for a, a couple trillion dollars or just higher in the billions. Because we almost saw a capped out one trillion dollar market cap when the market was going really well uh, near the end of 2017. Will we see that again? I think eventually for sure, unless there's like some catastrophic ban of some sort, uh, which right. is really unlikely. Yeah, I but don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> Yeah. So long term, it's positive, uh, but there's obviously going to be short term, like we're talking six months, one year here and there, ups and downs that cannot be predicted. But if you were to like, I think, hold your Bitcoin now and wait 50 years, you'll be happy with your results. I think for sure. Yeah, that sounds like a good plan if I if I'm around that long. So I want to put just for fun out there. I'm going to say my prediction is I'm only going to go for January first because I don't I don't know I don't trust I don't trust myself to go further than that. But I'm going to guess. Um, contrary to what you said, I'm going to go to, with just one number. I'm going to say that by January 1st, 2020, Bitcoin will be worth about 11,500. And that's just my number. I'm going to stick with it. And let's see yeah, where we yeah. at. You know, let's, 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 let's mm-hmm. recap again, like on January 2nd and see if we, <laughs> whoever's closest gets the, gets the prize. <laughs> sure. Okay. Sounds So, um, I'm going to keep up with you. I definitely want to, uh, do this again because I think you're interesting, not just because of what you're, you know, you're thinking in business, but because you're a kid who has a, a very grown up perspective. And I, I really think that the world is going to have to watch out because soon you will be on TV or something. You're going to be famous. I can tell. So Thank I'm going to have to get your autograph you. <laughs> while you're uh-huh. young. So I can sell it on eBay later. <laughs> that's, that's a good idea. I mean, I, might just, I, I should start doing that right now. Like on napkins, just putting it up. Definitely. And let it get some value. Honestly. That's such a good idea. Start putting the napkins on, uh, in the stock market later or something. I don't know. Yeah, you're thinking ahead already. See? <laughs> what if Elvis had done that? If, if someone really famous that, you know, is long gone had had signed a bunch of napkins just knowing that that would happen someday, then I don't know. It would be a good business. Give it to the family. <laughs> that would be really smart. But, <laughs> I mean, would yeah. it be? Because then I think about it like, I don't know, baseball cards and stuff like that, like tradables. I don't know. It might be a good idea. I'll take one. If you if you send me a napkin with your signature, I will say it <laughs> until it's worth a little bit more and then I'll, and I'll eBay it. <laughs> and I should get good. started too. But yeah, of course you get now, started on those napkins. That's your homework. Yeah. <laughs> for now, obviously, the point is to work myself up, build that personal brand, you know, work on projects that can get me to that position. So for now, that's going to be, you know, what's on my mind for a while. Well, wait, when do you graduate high school? So I'll be graduating. Um, 
spring of 2021. Yes. Wow. So, so people who are thinking that they want to hire you, they have to wait, basically, right? <laughs> well, not really. I, I like it's happened several times. Like people, like they talk to me or whatever, and then they're like interested in that kind of thing. Uh, but like age is not a huge thing anymore. Like it's not a big constraint because I just open accounts uh, to receive money through my dad, right? Even though I'm not 18. Right. Uh, and we still need to happen. And of course, the beauty of crypto, although exchange is limited to 18 as well, you can still get a wallet with no age restriction, no barrier to entry, which obviously is another key selling point for cryptocurrencies. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. But hopefully, I mean, if anyone's listening out there that wants to hire me, please hit me up. <laughs> yes, but he's going to be hired for my company first. So everybody back off. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just, I mean, you're, I definitely, if you ever want to do any writing, because I know you've also done some journalism. What haven't you done? Oh, my gosh. You've done a lot. But if you ever want to do any writing, by the way, you're definitely hired at Shine Bright Content. <laughs> so there's Appreciate some ideas it. there for you. Anyways, I'm going to let you go now because this is a mess for the first one. But if we want to. A recap again in in a, in a couple like maybe in a month and do this again because I think it's something that uh, people will really like to hear about because you're you're a unique person and you as young as you are you know a lot and I think that we should definitely follow in your footsteps when it comes to a few things so thank you sure, for your time like Pusha. thank you Lori it was nice okay. talking to you as always you too. Oh, yes you're great okay I'll talk to you soon Kusha thanks bye bye.